Hello, and welcome to Otaku the Town, a podcast about anime, I guess, and whatever else we feel like. I'm Elliot. I'm Kayla. I'm Paul. And this week we are continuing our watch of Naruto. Uh, We're watching episodes four through six, and boy, was it a relief to see the show do anything. Uh, that was that was a meaner start than I wanted. I it's okay. Be mean. I didn't Be really cool. know where to go from Strike there. Strike it down where it stands. Teach it a lesson. <laughs> <laughs> Shove my finger in it. Wait, what? Wow. Um, okay. I mean, that's what teachers do, right? Apparently. Yeah. 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 Ninja See? teachers. Yeah. Totally. When I was Your 11. Your cruelty is totally founded. That's how I was punished by a thousand Scott, years my mentor teacher, for being rude at PE. Elliot went to a middle school where... Actually, Elliot and Paul went to the same middle school. Fun fact. Am I revealing too much about you? No. This is not making it into the podcast. Oh, where good. are we starting? So, yeah, well, no, get it out. This is a great I just thing. love that you went to a middle school where you called all of your teachers by their first names. We sure did. Mm-hmm. I don't know if either of you realize how rare that is in this world. Very. How mm-hmm. precious and pure. I mean, I went to a Montessori school, so I didn't do homework for like the first... I don't know, five, six years of elementary school, which is five years only. So I didn't do any homework in elementary school at any point, ever. I might have done some math at school. Well, frankly, got any good habits though. Elementary yeah. school homework is just garbage. It's, it's like true. cut out these numbers and paste them next to each other to create this equation. And it's like, well, that did I really have to like cut and paste too? Why are you turning this into some kind of art project? Yeah, I basically I'm, just just let me do straight math. I read the Redwall books. And burr oi, <laughs> burr oi. <laughs> okay, um, that was a sure start. As always, we start this podcast off with a question for our host to kind of get the discussion going. And so this week in the show, we were introduced to the three types of ninja technique. There is taijutsu, which is hand-to-hand combat. There's ninjutsu, which is ninja magic. And then there's genjutsu, which is ninja magic, but illusion. And so I would like each of us to think deep in our hearts. Were we a ninja, what would our specialty be? Taijutsu, ninjutsu, or genjutsu. And Kayla, I'm going to put you on the spot. If you were a ninja, what would your specialty be? I would like it to be ninjutsu just because I feel like there's so much you can do with that. But I feel like in reality it would be taijutsu just because I can see myself really... Well, you can literally see yourself because, like, you have hands and feet and you could see them punch a thing. Unlike ninja magic, it would be much harder for you to see yourself breathe fire or make a copy of yourself. I could see myself being very confrontational, being very hands-on in combat. Mm. Mm-hmm. Totally. I love it. Paul, what would your specialty be? Well, I think if we're being honest, it would definitely be Genjutsu. There's yeah. no way it wouldn't be Illusion. Uh, although, it, I also wish it was Ninjutsu, because it seems a hundred million times more versatile. And the show kind of forgets about Genjutsu after a certain point. Uh, That's but, true. You know. They, like, add the solution. I mean, I, we're getting way ahead of ourselves. Mm-hmm. But, like, there's the solution to Genjutsu, which is just, like, see better. And then Genjutsu kind of becomes irrelevant for a while. For a little while. And then a very, very important character actually brings it back in in a really crucial way. And Genjutsu kind of takes on this whole new dimension. But yes, especially early on in the series, it's almost irrelevant. Is that in, like, episode 456 of Shibuden that it comes back in? Great. Yes, it is, Elliot. So I can't wait to talk about that in five and a half years. Sure. Um, Shout out to our 2022 listeners. Yeah. (laughs) Hi, kids. Thanks for listening. 
Uh, that'd be weird if I had a baby listening to this podcast. That'd no. be weird if I had a baby. Like your child? Yeah. Oh, God, no. Yeah, I was saying hi to my own kids. Oh, okay. That's Obviously, that's how you Hi, Elliot's kids. kids. Yeah. What would my kids' names be? Linda. Linda? Mm-hmm. I really like the name Hepzibah. I was going to say Harriet, which I feel like is the cousin of Hepzibah. So maybe oh, that should sure, be my kid and same. our kids can be cousins. I also really like the last name Stonebreaker. And so if I had a daughter, she would be named Hepzibah Stonebreaker and she would run away from home. I recently <laughs> came across a company name that is Macquarie Stonebreaker. I kid you not. Well, Macquarie Stonebreaker. I'm going to marry into that family. Please do. And take their identities. did make me think of you. Thank you. I'm I'm touched. Hmm. Um, I would obviously be a taijutsu specialist. Let's be real. I'm a I'm a large man, and I already like to punch things. And I just don't see myself being that great at ninja magic. Um, yeah. Moral of the story is we would all like to be ninjutsu users <laughs> primarily, but that is a fantasy and not reality. Not even close. Not even in our fantasies do we get to be ninjutsu. So we have our dreams, but we accept ourselves for who or what we are. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's jump right in. So in episode four, pass or fail, survival test, the kids meet their teacher, Kakashi. Uh, He doesn't like them. And then he gives them a test that is probably pretty bad. As for my first impression of you, well, I hate you. That was such a good line. I love that Kakashi, their wonderful mentor figure, openly detests them pretty much right off the bat. Which is, given what he's given to work with there, what other reaction would you have to these three? What I loved in that opening scene when Naruto plays the prank is that Sakura outwardly is like, oh god, that's so childish, don't do that. And inner Sakura, a character in and of itself, is just like, yes, I love this kind of thing. Oh yeah, And it, it hits him and she's like, okay! <laughs> through, through four episodes, inner Sakura is clearly the best character that they've presented. I was really curious about inner Sakura. I like did a deep dive on internal Sakura. I think that Sakura is possessed by an angry ghost. Uh, And hear me out. Um, She has a voice inside her head that tells her very different things than what she's outwardly expressing. Every time we see it, we go into this like weird black and white cerebral world. It's like outlined in white. It's always mad and yelling. Um, I think that Sakura is possessed. By a demon? By a demon. Okay. I mean, Nakito's possessed by a demon. We're like not really straying from the fiction here. Is That's it, a very good point. It's a ghost that looks like her. Is it like is it like her her twin who was killed in the womb or something? Maybe Sakura doesn't have parents. Because we see her yelling at her parents in the previous episode, but maybe they're dead. And she has the ghost of her mom inside of her. This is the fan theory zone. <laughs> Man, that got dark so fast. I mean, everybody else has dead parents. That's true. (laughs) Oh, no, it's not the dead parents. It's that Sakura believes that they're alive and that they're everywhere. (laughs) This is like borderline, like, split parts. It's like psycho. It's it's like Sakura is, like, talking to a a corpse dressed in a shawl in the basement, like Norman Bates. (laughs) I just gave Paul the most horrified look. deserved it well i mean look at this show like sasuke is so like blatantly written as a little traumatized sociopath like why is it outside of the realm of belief that sakura's parents are dead and she believes they're alive and she's haunted by the ghost of her mom what creeps me out is the way that she could potentially be interacting with them as though they are normal and we are so brought into that fantasy that delusion that she's living in that we too believe that her parents are alive oh my god and 
The, so the uh, unfortunately, I'm going to jump ahead. The rage ghost becomes less of a thing as the show goes on. But Sakura also learns to see through Genjutsu as the show goes on. She learns to see through her own rage ghost illusions, and that's how she heals. Or she's embracing her inner rage, so there's no longer a need for her to keep that part of herself buried deep down within, and she just gets to be all of herself all of the time, which we should all be. This new podcast that we're doing is just give Sakura a plot, because the show decides not to, for the most part. Mm -hmm. Uh, What did Sakura do in this episode? I had a few fun notes. Um, Sakura uh, didn't eat before her test. Well, so Kakashi tells them all not to eat before their ninja exam survival training thing because he's an asshole and so he's like oh show up bright and early don't eat breakfast and then shocker he's really late because he's just fucking with them the whole time but sakura didn't even eat dinner because she's on a diet um and that's pretty cool good job 11 year old girls um i'm sorry for all of you who watched the show um and thought that this was good and right um and then during the test itself all she does is hide and worry about sasuke he pa- she passes out twice so she does cool. pass yeah. out twice she mm-hmm. does show a moment of concern for naruto which is kind of endearing she has just a brief flash of it and then it's gone like she was having a small stroke or something kayla has been taught to analyze micro expressions in anime and so she just searches for the kindest uh most generous interpretations based off of them it's the very beginning it's a hiccup of compassion i want to say and she grows more into it later on you realize she has the potential for compassion even when there isn't something in it for her which you barely see in this episode because really it's mostly about what's in it for her. That's true. Uh, and what's in it for her is boys. Uh, I want to jump back. There's this fun moment where Kakashi is interviewing all of his students um, and he's like, tell me about your dreams. Tell me about your hobbies. Um, and then they ask him to tell them about his and he just tells them nothing, uh, which is very great and very in keeping with Kakashi. But um, everybody's dreams and hobbies are so one note and it's it like... I was just more depressed with each telling. So Naruto is all about ramen because no one feeds him. (laughs) Naruto is a poor, impoverished, unloved boy living in a filthy bachelor pad. All he eats is ramen and all he thinks about is ramen because he's desperately malnourished. This is a really very Dickensian uh, show, and if you really dig into it, think about how much protein you need to do ninja training, right? Like I'm, I'm six feet, I'm like two forty, I weight train, and I need to eat like 140, 150 grams of protein a day just to like keep that shit up. A bowl of ramen, like if it's really meaty ramen, like maybe you're gonna hit twenty grams. So like this kid is eating like maybe four bowls of ramen a day. That's fucking eighty grams of protein. I know he's very small, but all he does is work out and we don't even want to talk about the sodium count in those things oh god i can't even imagine he's gonna swell up like a fucking gourd hypertension is a really big problem in the ninja community maybe that's why he wears orange is to hide the like orangeness of his skin from all of his like held in he's got a keratin deficiency yeah p i don't know i don't know where i'm going with this it's cool. We can talk about ninja biology sometimes. Ninja biology. Yeah. We'll get into that with the biologist ninja later. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm making a joke or not. Am I making a joke, Kayla? Is there a ninja biologist? I feel like there are. Yeah, probably. I'm sure there are, actually. I feel like there are hyper-specialized ninja biologists. There's a lot of weird clone stuff, so yes. that counts. And you are actually, it's revealed later on that there are a lot of different kinds of medical ninjas. Mm. So a microbiologist ninja is Most not of outside them are bad and the realm creepy. of possibility. <laughs> Most of them are bad and creepy, but 
One of them's very cool. Once you get into Shippuden, actually, some yeah. of them are kind of cool. Some nice medical ninjas. Some medical ninjas who just want to fix you. Well, think think about how Sakura ends up. Oh, no. Girl. 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 Um, so, yeah. Uh, Kakashi interviews them. Naruto only cares about ramen. Sakura only cares about Sasuke. And Sasuke is a little sociopath. We finally get something interesting about him. And uh, what was interesting about that moment to me is that Sakura is also surprised and taken aback. And it just shows what an object of lust he is to her. And she actually knows very, very little about him. Oh, I kind of like that. And that little interview just shows how little they know about each other. It's setting them up perfectly for what ends up happening over the course of these episodes. Mm -hmm. Because they really, it's revealed that they... As much as they think they know each other, they have absolutely no clue. Totally. Uh, so Sasuke's dream is to kill somebody. Uh, kill that man. That man. That he's gonna, man. He's going to kill that man. Yeah. Kakashi immediately thinks after he interviews Sakura that girls her age probably are more interested in love than the ninja arts. <clears throat> um, which is terrible to throw Kakashi a bone just because I like him so much. When his actual interests are revealed later on, partway through the next episode, it's not surprising that he thinks this way about women and girls. He's not much of an authority figure. Yeah. Well, I, I think we see it in this episode that he's. Is it? Uh, yeah. Is um, that when he pulls out, he pulls make out, out Paradise? Mm -hmm. All right. Well, she loves romance novels. I don't know if that's a romance novel. There is a woman literally running away from a man on the cover of that novel. I thought, I, I thought they were just running in the same direction. Are they? Are know. they both running towards their possible love, Paul? I don't know. I, I hope that's what it is. I want to... So I feel like we need to make a decision on this right now. Is Kakashi yet another ninja pervert, or is he a ninja who's really into romance novels? I guess it could be both. It is both, actually. Mm -hmm. And okay. they talk about it later on. Oh, good. They talk about it in the famous Jake Jerkoff scene, where he's just whacking it hard. <laughs> That went somewhere I was not prepared to go, but you know what? I'll catch up. I'll just keep drinking. It'll be fine. Um, I mean, we've already seen the Hokage just, like, jerk off all over his crystal ball. Like, yeah. I feel like I was just punched in the stomach. He only has one, and it's made of crystal. Okay. All right. <laughs> Later on, when it's revealed who Kakashi's teacher was, it starts to make a little bit of sense that he would read something like Make Out Paradise. But mm. hey, at least he's reading yeah, that's true. <laughs> he doesn't seem to make very much progress, though. He's not a very fast reader. No. <laughs> not a fast reader, but, you know, when you Maybe think about he how he's dividing something. his He's really savoring the prose. I mean, how... Well, never mind. I was going to say, like, how rich is the landscape of ninja romance novel? Because as we established previously, it's pretty much a porn-based economy. But never mind. Porn and missions. Well, porn and we'll missions. Find, we'll find yes. out. Yeah, God. Uh, we were going to talk some about that. So they go on the aforementioned uh, ninja test. It's like a survival exam. And uh, Kakashi reveals that of the 27 people to graduate from the academy, only nine actually get to become ninja. Which I guess explains why the final exam was so stupid. Yeah, that uh, the one, that is a crazy pass rate. Mm -hmm. And two, the show makes no effort to pretend otherwise than the nine characters we've been introduced to are going to pass. Just not, I don't think there's any other named characters. I don't even know why they bother with this, frankly. I also really like that they don't know this. They're like all shocked and horrified. Mm -hmm. Like, have you not been going to ninja school for years? Is this a secret in the village? Haven't the graduates been talking about this? Haven't you noticed that the same people keep going back to the academy over and over again because the pass rate is so low? Right? Shouldn't, shouldn't there be a bunch of like 30 year olds who failed it 20 times in the class with them? It's like throwing kunai at giant spirit foxes. Yeah. It's the same thing. Yeah, ninja don't pay a lot of attention to non-explicit violent threats. Like, 
If you're a ninja in the woods and you have a knife and you're going to kill another ninja, that ninja will spot you a mile away because a bird tweeted wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, because an egg tweeted wrong. There's a Twitter joke in there. Oh, there's don't, a lot of, don't add us. There's a lot of bad tweets in that place. Please don't add me, Elliot. Um, I add you regularly. Right. Ninjas are dumb, I guess. That's mm-hmm. my thesis statement. Ninjas don't pay attention to things. Really poor communication. Yeah. They need to have like a, a communal ninja listserv where they just, you know, <laughs> the, the ninja HR kind of sends, you know, expectations and what rubrics they're graded on. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, um, so Kakashi uh, has this test for them where he has two bells tied to his belt and if you get a bell from him um, you get to eat lunch and also you pass and become a ninja so the the one thing that the show sets up is that so there are only two bells and there are three students in the group so you know only only two of them can actually pass and one has to fail you know, which is, of course, it's obviously, you know, clear from the beginning that this is, you know, a, a test of teamwork. And it, again, the show doesn't even really try to hide this. Um, and Kakashi does try to pit them against each other, though, by making a statement of something along the lines of, you won't be able to get a bell unless you come at me with the intent to kill me. Mm-hmm. So I think the whole, his whole idea was to really just pit them against each other. And frankly, they already revealed to him that that would not be difficult. No, Based no. upon the interview. He has no difficulty pitting them against each other. And really, at the end, they, you know, we'll, we can skip ahead a little bit. They do end up passing, obviously, or else the show would end. And it, Kagashi really just kind of has to tell them how to pass the test. <laughs> <laughs> he, seemed, he seems to kind of give up on them figuring it out and basically just tells them, uh, which doesn't really, uh, really go with the fact that we learn via a little side cut to the uh, Hokage and Iruka talking about Kakashi as a teacher. And apparently he's never passed anybody before, which is totally crazy. Like, why Why has he never passed Well, there's anybody? so many things that are crazy about this. He's never passed a ninja before. Iruka, the teacher at the ninja school who passes students off to Jonin, doesn't know that this one Jonin has never passed anyone before. Seems to have never met Kakashi. Right? Also, the Hokage has a book. A book of students that Kakashi has failed. Like, why did he make this? Like, did the Hokage take a bookbinding course? And he was like, oh, I want to make something, and I'm criminally inefficient. Oh, I know. What about this ninja who's never passed anyone? I think Kakashi made the book. And I think he fucking loved making that book. I think that book is full of blank pages that every once in a while he stops and thinks about the, the sheer number of blank pages still in it that he gets to fill with the names of students that he will fail and he just gets this pleasurable shiver down his spine. That was like the Hokage's like gift from Kakashi at Ninja Christmas. Mm-hmm. Kakashi is a sadist. Yeah. He, yeah. The Hokage lost the white elephant. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's also a recurring theme in the early episodes that Hokage is just terrible at delegating. Mm-hmm. He just is far too personally involved in matters that do not require his attention. Totally. Yeah. I mean, he's very old. Like, maybe... Maybe he's starting to go. Mm-hmm. That's, that's oh possible. Oh my god, that's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> oh. he, just, he just needs some daily normalcy in his life, you know? Yeah. He just wants to be involved with his grandkids who are not his actual grandkids because nobody ever wants to be involved with Konohamaru. Because mm-hmm. yeah. he hates his actual grandson. So he's adopting Naruto. Mm-hmm. He's already written him out of his will. Um, he, if he's adopting Naruto, he's done a very bad job. Keeping him at a huge emotional distance. Yeah, uh, and also just like physical distance. Yeah, this poor kid, like trying so hard to study. Do you know how hard it is to study when you're hungry? Like, he's gonna study Naruto and his crystal ball and not give him any food or any help, any guidance. This is a show about child poverty. 
Again, it's very Dickensian. <laughs> Naruto <laughs> Twist was the original title. Uh, I also want to talk about uh, briefly how the whole like teaching system works. So apparently they they get up one like one Jonin is assigned to a, a group and they're their guide or teacher or coach or mentor or, or what have you. It seems to be a huge time commitment. Like they they're basically a full time job, but not all of them do it because most of them fail. Where there's a sixty six percent pass rate. So how do they decide? Like, which Jonin is going to be a teacher? Are they, like, the new Jonin? Is this, like, a medical residency? Like, it, they're, they can't do other Jonin things, you know, for seemingly for years because they have full-time responsibility for these terrible teenage kids. It doesn't seem like well, a very good system. Preteen kids. Preteen kids, yes. But with the fail rate and death rate of later tests, like, maybe it's actually not that big of a responsibility. It's a fast turnover. These kids die. True. Do you think the Jonin just kind of eventually get bored and lead them into a trap and all the kids die and they're like, well, I got some free time now. Maybe that's why Kakashi never passes anybody. They're kind <laughs> of like... all serial murderers when you think about mm-hmm. it. I mean, they make a career of killing. I mean, every ninja is pretty much a serial murderer. Mm-hmm. Um, Professionally. Oh, we, we, we kind of touched on this, but K- Kakashi's a great, fun character, partly because you can never tell how much he's just fucking with people. It is never entirely clear, uh, and, and not in, like, a bullshit, poorly written character way, but in, like, a fun, it's, it's tough to tell, like, where he's coming from. Does he actually like these kids and wants them to pass? Does he hate them? He tells them he hates them, but he seems pretty nice to them at certain points. It's great. He, when he's interacting with the Hokage, you know, it, you, you just never know exactly where he's coming from. Which that never really changes. So the gist of the end of this episode is um, the the test starts. Um, everybody runs away to try to attack Kakashi independently. Oh, what? Maybe that's a bad idea. Oh. Um, Except. And then, uh, and then Naruto uh, <laughs> just makes a bunch of Kage Bunshin and runs at Kakashi. And he has this cunning plan where he made more Kage Bunshin than you thought he did. And some of them are behind Kakashi. Though way, way less than he made at the end of the first episode. Where he seems to have made hundreds and he makes like eight here. Yeah. He's like five or eight would mm-hmm. be good. Mm-hmm. That's all I need for this guy. He seems like a chump. Yep, keep it in single digits. Yeah. So he comes at Kakashi and attacks him, and it seems like he's going to do okay, and then he doesn't, um, and then there's really no way to dance around this, and then Kakashi puts his finger in Naruto's butt. Mm-hmm, he sure does. I'm not, there's, this isn't hyperbole. I'm not making a, a dumb joke. Kakashi <laughs> puts his finger in Naruto's anus to punish him. It is the ultimate taijutsu technique, 1,000 years of death, and it's not the only time we see it. It is sure not. Um, it's been named and everything. Yep. It's an ultimate technique. It's not even just a regular <laughs> technique. It's ultimate. Do you think it's forbidden? I hope so, but it doesn't seem to be. There's actually a great comment where Sakura asks, isn't that against the rules? I'm like, nope, not in this village. In this village, you can finger whoever you want. So the, the giant shadow clone technique, that is a forbidden jutsu <laughs> for reasons that are never made clear. But Fingering your students, however. That one seems to be just part of the regular ninja curriculum. I believe we touched on this last time, but everyone here is a sex criminal. Yeah, everyone here is a sex criminal, yeah. Yeah, um, very toxic culture. Yeah, ninjas look at looked at spanking, and they were like, "Nah, girl, we can we can do better than that." Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just a hidden leaf village thing. In the, <laughs> uh, in the sand village, they just slap their students with their nut sacks or a titty. Child, <laughs> just one. Oh, child! <laughs> Only one at a time. Okay. Yeah. If you're really bad, you get hit by both. Mm-hmm. So this episode ends with our first cliffhanger of the series, which there will be many, many more of. 
It's but a beautiful cliffhanger. It is. It's, no, it's, it's a, a murdery cliffhanger. Yeah. Yeah. Sasuke sees his opportunity to strike and he says, now. And then his eyes bulge and it kind of made him look like Jamie Dornan in the fall. I was like, oh, oh, Sasuke, you have an evil doll in your attic telling you to kill women or whatever. And that's why you've chosen this moment to just fucking murder everybody. Uh, and so we can just transition into episode five. He, he, does a, he does a great job of curving his kunai there. He'd be a great pitcher. That'd be a great knuckleball he's throwing there. It was sort of like the uh, bend it like Beckham moment sure. of Gotta get it over the wall. Throwing. Yeah, no, yeah. totally. And so this transitions really nicely into episode five. You failed. Kakashi's final decision. And part of the reason this transitions so nicely is the first two minutes of episode five are the last two minutes of episode four. Because we've begun Naruto's favorite thing, and by Naruto I mean the show Naruto, it as an entity's favorite thing, which is just to repeat what we saw last time. Mm -hmm. Sometimes for a minute, sometimes for two minutes, sometimes for half the episode. Oh yeah. This is actually not just Naruto. A lot of shonen series do this, and... My favorite streaming website for watching anime on. I usually go down to the comments because some wonderful saint like soul has said episodes start and then it's like 19 minutes in. Oh no. But they actually go through and go through the effort of seeing the opening theme and going through all the recap and then being like, hey, people who cares about people who care about what's actually going on, click four minutes in. Well, Netflix does not do that for us. Nope. Uh, so this episode begins with the end of that last episode, which is uh, a bunch of kunai uh, sh- shooting, curving towards Kakashi, mm-hmm. um, slamming into his side, apparently killing him. Um, to synopsize this episode, it feels weird to synopsize this one separately, but here we are. Um, this is the path we have chosen. This is the path we have chosen. Um, nobody can kill Kakashi. Naruto finds lunch. Um, everyone gets punished. Kakashi gives away how to pass the test, which is teamwork. They all kind of just say teamwork together, and then they leave with Naruto tied to a pole. Mm-hmm. Where he belongs. Yes, absolutely. If, if not tied up in a tree, which is where he starts the episode. Yeah. It's a real, real well, good arc here. Yeah, there's a lot of like... Bondage. Bondage. Yeah. I, mean, I know I said that Kakashi was a sadist, but now I think it's even more complex than we're first seeing. I mean, this fucking village... Like, why do you think this village is hidden, right? Like, they want to keep this shit out of sight. I know that Konoha, it means leaf, right? Mm-hmm. Is leaf like a synonym for like <laughs> rough sex? Why are you looking at me like I'm some kind of authority on this? And you lived in Japan. I, that is not, that does not track here. <laughs> that does not track. Living in Japan does not track with what happens in Naruto or pretty much any other anime series with some exceptions to some slice of life series. There's a whole soapbox I could get on about how just because you like anime... And because you've lived in Japan a little bit, oh god, there's so much cultural appropriation I could talk about. I should just start tweeting at all of my favorite people in Terrace House with my questions about anime. I bet that would be really respectful and they would like that. I'm sure. I thought this was an animated documentary like Waltz with Bashir. (laughs) (laughs) So Naruto begins this episode having fallen into a trap at the end of the last one, you know, tied up by his foot in a tree. He frees himself very easily, although he seems to take him a little while to figure out that he can just, you know, do a crunch and, you know, he has a dagger on him and just cut the rope. Then he immediately is caught in another rope and goes back up in the tree and seems to forget that he could free himself very easily the exact same way and is up in the tree for a while again. Naruto, not the brightest. Uh, so Sakura spends most of this episode just running around concerned about Sasuke. And fainting. Um, and fainting, yeah. So this is where the fainting really comes in. 
uh, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. So she runs around and Kakashi smirks and then she's in an illusion or a genjutsu, which apparently just means that she like leaves are going to swirl around her weird and she's going to look kind of high. Um, and then she sees bloody dying Sasuke on the ground and she faints. Um, I think it's very funny that Sasuke has open-toed boots. <laughs> <laughs> I just noticed that in this episode. It's I very they... impractical footwear. Aren't all of the boots open-toed? I don't think so. I thought, I'm pretty sure they are. They all wear the same kind of ninja sandal, and they're all open-toed, which just seems like a very poor decision on their part. They're just going to stub their little toes a lot. Maybe they just have, like, knives. hobbit feet. Lots of knives going on. They're mm-hmm. so callous. How do they all have their toes? That's what all the medical ninja do all the time, is they just reinforce everybody's toes with jutsu. <laughs> and just reattach them. Yeah. You know they come off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe ninja toes are detachable. You can just swap them out. I mean, they've got a lot of bodies, so like... Like a gecko tail. (laughs) (laughs) Um, One thing I really like is that... So, uh, we we think earlier in the episode that Kakashi has been killed by Sasuke, and he hasn't because he used the replacement technique, which allows any ninja to replace their body with a perfectly cut log. Mm -hmm. Just a, a beautiful, nicely trimmed, polished... Log. And there are so many of them in handy supply. Apparently, where are they getting these logs from? Because, you know, I've been burning <laughs> a, a lot company. of fires this winter, and that would be really handy. It's Hidden Leaf Village. you got to figure the, the timber industry is pretty big around there. You know, you maybe they just they, keep a big pile. They just pay an army of lumberjacks, just mundane lumberjacks, to go and chop up trees and just leave them conveniently for ninjas to swap with. And all ninja use the replacement technique, so you have to imagine that, you know, that's one of Konoha's primary exports right there is finely cut timber. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. No. Absolutely. That's how they make money. Uh, that and porn. Yep. And, well, we'll get into that next episode. Um, Ninja Warehouser is one of the you know dominant employers in the area. <laughs> ninja Lumberjack. Imagine what an efficient lumberjack you would be. Or you just be a ninja and get distracted by shit all the time, which is what really seems to happen to the ninjas. Um, Sasuke uh, sets up a trap for Kakashi, um, which almost works. Um I, I'm just looking at my notes, which I wrote, ah, Sasuke has set up a trap for Kakashi and manages to fondle his bells a bit, but can't quite grab one. I knew you were going to say something like Mm -hmm. that the minute that he just like reaches the bell and like touches the tip of it. He just kind of tickles it. It's like, well, we know where else going with this one. Mm -hmm. I mean. Low hanging fruit. Literally. This has been the game of the ninja. Uh, No, just kidding. That's coming up. I love that Sasuke goes on this small speech of how he's not like the others, how he's stronger, and Kakashi easily escapes the trap and reappears and says, like... Kill it. He's got to kill that man. Well, he says in this little sing-songy voice, like, kind of a put-your-money-where-your-mouth-is-sucker sort of thing, and I'm like, yes, Kakashi, yes! Um, He does... uh, Kakashi does have to stop reading his romance novel to fight Sasuke, which is kind of cool. And then Sasuke breathes a big fireball, which sort of looks like he's sucking an invisible dick. Because he's, like, got his hand in front of his mouth all curled up, and his, like, cheeks puffed out, and... Anyway. um, I mean, I thought it looked like he was blowing a balloon, but I suppose, you know... Different strokes, so to speak. And he's doing one of the ninjutsu hand symbols to do it, which is not so much holding a dick as it is smoking a cigarette, but why not? It you know looked what? Why not? very phallic to me. Let's Either way, go with it. Let's have, let's have our gay of the ninja. He was blowing something. 
Um, Kakashi pulls Sasuke into the dirt and traps him like he got buried at the beach, which is very cute. Mm-hmm. He's like a zombie. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, Sakura wakes up um, and is wandering around scared. And she, she was finds... out for a while. Like, yeah. she, she appears to have fainted for at least like 10 to 15 minutes there, which is pretty serious. And what's kind of messed up, uh, messed up about that is Kakashi even says, wow, you know, showing... Her, her crush all bloodied and begging for his life might have been kind of harsh, but it will be good for her in the end. <laughs> That's how he reasons that. Builds character. Well, I mean, giving ninja fatality rates, like, maybe it will be good for her in the end. Kakashi's probably not expecting all three of these kids to survive. So, so then she thinks she's seeing Sasuke's freshly severed head, and mm-hmm. she passes out again. But what's nice is that when she wakes up, she grabs Sasuke without thinking, and she gets that embrace that she's been longing for. And I couldn't help but be a little bit like... Get it, girl. I like that she passed out and then just instantly woke up. Like, there was no point in her passing out for the story except to show that here she is passing out again. She met her fainting quota for the day. Yes. (laughs) Oh, Her home is just a fainting couch and two graves. (laughs) And as I I mentioned earlier, a shawl-draped corpse in the basement. Yes. Um, I like, and by like, I mean I did not like... um, at this point, she just tries to convince Sasuke to give up, and Sasuke has a weird little rage fantasy about some man whose eyes look like Magic the Gathering symbols. Please, Elliot, we've gone over this. It's that man. That man, excuse me, about that man whose eyes look like Magic the Gathering symbols. Mm-hmm. Um, and he talks about crying on that day, and the man, that man he needs to kill, and then they're out of time. Um, Sasuke would do a lot of vague booking. Yeah. <laughs> Sasuke has a live journal that he still updates in the year of our Lord 2017 with his poetry. Uh, He has an emotion that he picks out for every post. And a song. They're all My Chemical Romance songs. Mm. He talks a lot about how those people don't understand him. Mm -hmm. They need to stop doing that. This is getting very close to who I was when I was 13 and I'm feeling personally attacked. Uh, Well, I was personally attacking you, so... Uh, physically well, and that's also. right on the nose for this podcast. You guys can't see this because this is an audio medium, but they are actually flinging kunai back and forth at each other mm-hmm. right now. Yep. Um, we skipped, but we I kind of covered this in the recap. Naruto found the lunches, but Kakashi caught him, and so Naruto is tied up to a log, um, and Kakashi is uh, sitting on Sasuke, taunting everybody about how bad they are at teamwork. So then Kakashi basically gives the answer away where he's like, you know, even if they had gotten the bells i think if one of them had managed to on their own which there was no chance of that but even if one of them had managed to do it on their own they wouldn't have passed the test he would have failed them anyway because the whole point was teamwork unfortunately no one puts that together quickly enough. yeah this is an interesting you know for an early anime series or any other tv show you know where you got to learn teamwork and learn to work together they don't learn that the teacher has to be like oh god fuck it okay guys work together the point of this is teamwork okay got it and you can see that from their interviews they are actively uninterested in working together Mm -hmm. well i really wonder what they teach you in fucking ninja school like presumably they've had some years of training have they never talked about teamwork they have because when kakashi tells them that they're going to be doing an exercise the following day Mm -hmm. sakura complains immediately she says we've done enough of those at the academy we should do a mission and he's like nah <laughs> You're not ready. Oh, uh, well, although given And he's what, right. He's totally right. I don't know, given what some of these missions are. Um <laughs> we yeah, we can 
blast through the end of this episode. Um, Kakashi tells them they can have another chance, but they can't feed Naruto or they'll be disqualified. And Naruto's tummy makes a lot of really terrible noises, which I thought was very funny. Yeah. I was like, oh, it's the fox purring. <laughs> um, and then, uh, this, okay, welcome to the gay of the ninja. Sasuke offers to feed Naruto, like, immediately. The instant that Kakashi is out of sight, he's like, all right, I'll feed you, boy. Mm-hmm. His own lunch. It's gay. They're in love. Thank you. This has been the gay of the ninja. Uh, and then Sakura <laughs> offers up her lunch. That because Elliot's Sasuke... segment. Yeah. The the <laughs> Elliot's mini segment that mm-hmm. we love to support. Sure, Indeed, of course. Frankly. I'm you. here for you, buddy. You're good allies. Um, then Sakura offers up her lunch because she's like, oh, the boy I want did this. I will do this. And then Sasuke's just like, oh, cool. And just goes back to eating. And Sakura, <laughs> who like didn't fucking eat dinner, didn't eat breakfast, and is now giving Naruto part and of And has been lunch. fainting. Yeah, serious. God, maybe that's why she's fainting. Oh, that's, that's absolutely she part never of it. ate. There you go. It's a blood sugar problem. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we've solved the riddle. God, feed children. That's the fucking moral of this fucking podcast. Let kids eat. So I love that Kakashi then appears out of nowhere in this storm of fury. A literal storm. He conjures up a thunderstorm out of fucking nowhere. And the kids are just like, well... We're going to die now. Mm-hmm. But we'll die as a team. Totally. Except we'll die as a team. They answer because he asks so many leading questions. Mm-hmm. He's not even like you're disqualified. He's like, why did you do that? Briefly describe to me your thoughts when you fed not Because he's just like, say teamwork. Say teamwork <laughs> and I'll pass you. How many ninja have failed this because they are incapable of saying the word teamwork? And what's beautiful is they finally settle on, yes, teamwork. The three of us are one. We will work together. And then the episode ends and they leave Naruto tied to the log. Yep. Good teamwork, guys. They acknowledge just a team that that's where Naruto belongs. Mm -hmm. And they're not wrong about that. Very fair. They're not wrong about that. Okay, so before we move on to the next episode, uh, we're going to talk about something that we like about this Really two episodes, but we're kind of bumming them together because they're effectively one. Now, that's something we try to do every podcast, just to keep it positive. It's pretty easy to drag on this 15-year-old, 18-year-old? Oh, God, I don't even want to think about it. This ancient mm-hmm. anime series. Um, we should talk about the, the moments of joy that we have. So easily my favorite moment for this episode, or two episodes that we're putting together, um, is when it becomes clear to, that Kakashi did not choose the location of the test by accident because located there is a memorial stone for uh, ninja that have lost their lives in battle on a mission. Naruto, of course, immediately was like, I want my name on that stone when he's like, oh, those are cool ninja. I want to be one of them. And Kakashi is like, actually, these are heroes who died in battle. Many of my friends are on here. And for me personally, that's a big moment, a big reveal where he's like, he doesn't make it impossible to pass the test because he's an asshole. It's because his job is to actually protect these kids who are inexperienced. They're not ready for missions, even with the missions start off a little bit tame. <laughs> he is actively trying to protect other people from dying, other people that he cares about. So I kind of feel like there's a little bit of a moment where you're like, oh, Kakashi, you're not passing people because you don't want to see them get hurt. Mm-hmm. That's just a big moment of love that I have for that possibly half-blind, fully-masked man. He's just a big, soft, pervy dad. He is, and I love him for it. With, with crazy hair, even by the standards of the show. Oh, man, the amount of hair gel. That, another one of their main industries. <laughs> Softcore porn, timber, and hair gel. And hair dye. Just mm-hmm. a lot of hair care products. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, the cosmetic ninja is like an industry we barely touch on. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, yeah, so I guess so we kind of talked about it earlier, but this is really our, our first appearance of ninja magic, which there's so much cool ninja magic in this show. I mean, the ones in this, you know, just kind of a, a fireball and, you know, some illusions, but they're, they're still pretty cool, and you can just see the little ninja hand gestures that they do, and yeah, that'll be, it'll be a recurring, just, you know, clever, fun ninja magic, which is part of why Naruto's fun to watch. The thing that I really liked in this episode is very short and sweet. It was in the first half of the episode when Naruto is first attacking Kakashi, and it was actually a translation thing. Uh, you see, like, Sasuke's reaction to Naruto just straight on attacking Kakashi, and it's translated as, what a goof. <laughs> I really like that. What a goof. Hey, everybody. It's Elliot, and I think I was kind of drunk in this episode. Oops. Uh, this is also an older one, so I'm just jumping in with uh, some uh, quick updates for you. Um, first off, just in regards to past episodes, this is old episode two of five. When we were first figuring out if this was something we actually wanted to and could do, we recorded a bunch of episodes kind of all at once. So sorry if it's a little weird that they're old. On the plus side, we're definitely not going to run out and we're certainly going to burn through them quickly. So, uh, that's that. Um, I'd love to thank Tony Whetstone for doing our art. Uh, the piece he did for us is really incredible. I love all of his work. Um, you can find more of his stuff on Twitter at Mewblood. Um, thank you so much for listening. It's kind of blowing me away, to be honest. I sort of thought I would cast this out to, you know, radio silence. And the fact that anyone has listened to this at all, the fact that here you are on episode two still listening, really just warms my heart. It gives me a lot of joy. Um, so thank you. Um, if you like this podcast, you know, please share it with your friend, um, subscribe, we'd love a review. If you want to just go ahead and give us five stars on iTunes and, you know, maybe re-download each of our episodes 10 or 20 times, you know, I would certainly be fine with that. Um, but no, seriously, just thank you so much. Um, it is really giving me so much joy to do this. Uh, and the fact that you're still here is phenomenal. Uh, I think that's it. I'm going to let you get back to the show. Okay, so moving on to episode six, a dangerous mission, journey to the land of waves. So this episode starts with the team catching a lost cat. Naruto rightfully points out that all of their missions are very stupid. They get assigned a good mission to escort a mean drunk who builds bridges back to the place where he's building a bridge. And then they get attacked by some bad, weird, wet ninja twins. I feel like you just described a porno. So this episode starts with a kitty, which is a great way to start a Naruto episode, and I wish more of them did that. And I love that the kitty's name is Tora, which, if you guys don't know, means tiger. Aww. It's very cute. That is very sweet. I love that they have walkie-talkies that they then never really have again. Yeah, they have like little, little, pretty advanced little ear radios. Right? They're all wearing wires, mm-hmm. and it's like the tension starts out really high, <laughs> mm-hmm. and they're like, yes, the target is in sight, and then it's a kitty! I mean, how many ninja missions are there in this show where, like, man, if they could just talk to each other from a distance right now, this problem would not be a problem. Every mission? Every ninja mission Uh, that we see? 100%, yeah. Yeah. Uh, They should do that. They save that for a multinational war. Oh, good. (laughs) And cats. Mm -hmm. And cats. (laughs) That's what this technology is available for. (laughs) Um, So we learned ninja work is basically like task rabbit mm-hmm. like if you have just a job you don't really feel like doing you can just be like oh let's get a a, a, a fighting sorcerer to do this for us well it's kind of like the like a task bulletin board in like a mmo or something it's, yeah. just, it's just like a side quest you know just repopulate you know once every 24 hours or something ninjas all need d-rank XP. missions mm-hmm. yeah are just uh, chores paint this fence 
They are. And also, the Hokage is individually giving out all of these missions, further proving his inability to delegate. He's giving out missions about cat rescue, babysitting, and digging potatoes. Mm -hmm. This is the most powerful ninja in one of the five most powerful countries, and he's making sure that the right ninja helps dig vegetables. At least there's a beautiful moment later on in the same episode where Naruto has literally the same thought that we had during the first episode of Otaku the Town, where we're like, oh, wait, the Hokage is supposed to be this incredibly powerful ninja, and he fell for the sexy no jutsu. What the fuck is that? Do you ever think that maybe Naruto wants to become the Hokage because he's sick of the criminal inefficiency <laughs> of the ninja bureaucracy? I really hope that's the case. That's a lovely thought. This was the problem with lifetime appointments. We see it in the United States federal judiciary and in the fictional ninja Hokage system. <laughs> I love it when Paul lawyers up. Oh... We should have a segment called Lawyer Down, where you like <laughs> tell people to commit crimes. I uh, know, uh, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> well, that's a shame. Okay. I t- I'd actually totally forgotten about this whole like mission system that the show sets up at the beginning, because the show forgets about it after a few episodes and moves on to like much bigger stakes things. Uh, but it's actually kind of like a neat little fun way to do kind of... You know, cut two or three episode little arcs. I kind of wish they had uh, done a little bit more with those. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, maybe it's more interesting than we start out here. But maybe yeah. they save a dog instead of a cat. Oh wow! That's, yeah, that would have been. I didn't, I didn't even thought of that. Wild. What about like a like a turtle? <laughs> I would love. Okay, I'm sure there's an episode with the turtle. This fucking anime. I'm <laughs> certain that there's an episode with the turtle. Um, so the Hokage is deciding which fucking dumbass mission to give them next, and Naruto, rightfully, is like, hey, what about we get an exciting mission? Um, and then he tunes out the Hokage's entire explanation about how missions work, because he's planning his ramen. It's not even just him. It's clear that the whole team has their backs turned to the Hokage, and Kakashi even apologizes because he's like, sorry, dude, we're way more interested in talking about lunch than we are about hearing your long-winded explanations. Which goes back to the theory that maybe this Hokage is uh, going a little. Mm -hmm. Maybe he just kind of wanders. Maybe this isn't his job. Maybe he just wanders in and he's like, oh, I will do the missions today. And everybody's like, oh, yes, Lord Hokage, of course. Here's the potatoes that need to be dug up. Maybe there's some sort of regency with like King George III in the early 19th century. <laughs> we just need a coup. Mm-hmm. We desperately need a coup. Naruto is the voice of the people. You replace this a dithering old perv with a loud young perv, I guess. <laughs> Everyone. It'd be hard to avoid the, the perv part of that, but you know. So they get a C-rank mission, which is to escort this miserable old man named Tazuna, uh, the aforementioned bridge builder, uh, who mostly seems to drink sake. Um, and they're bringing him back to the country of waves. They never explain at any point why he left the country of waves, what he's doing. He's a bridge builder and he just kind of left his bridge project and went to Konoha and now they're walking him back. Which, so he want, he needs a ninja escort, which we'll, we'll learn very shortly. He really needs a much more experienced ninja escort than he asked for, which is dumb because he <laughs> seems to know that there's an assassination hit out on him. But he goes, he seems to make a journey to the Hidden Leaf Village to get an escort to go back, which is unclear. Did he have another escort on the way there? I don't know. Literally, the only thing I like about Tazuna is that his hat kind of looks like a Hershey's hug. It was it was weird how upset he was about getting the three junior ninjas to do his mission. Because one, it's just like he, he put in for a C-rank mission. And two, he gets a Jonin with him, which you know normally would not be available. So you'd think that he'd be actually pretty pleased about that. But I don't know, maybe he just likes complaining. 
No, he clearly likes complaining. He definitely likes to complain. It could be because he secretly knows that they're not going to be up to snuff, these three children, mm-hmm. for what he needs. But he's also a total asshole. He doesn't say, oh, wait, wait, I need someone more advanced. I'm putting the lives of three preteens in danger. No, instead he's just like, this is going to be inconvenient to me personally. And then he drinks a lot, like all the time. Maybe that's why he doesn't say anything. He's too drunk. <laughs> Maybe that's why he couldn't afford a more expensive mission. He's because he's an alcoholic. alcoholic. That's exactly what it is. Oh. Maybe th- maybe that's how he got to Kanoha. He just like went on a bender and just like woke up in the <laughs> leaf village. He was like, oh fuck, I have to build a bridge. So related to our talk during the break, do you think this, it's a very client-facing business, ninjaing apparently? Do you think they have like ninja networking events do they compete for clients ninja marketing yeah do they have like ninja holiday parties where they you know they invite like the people who give them you know the best a rank missions and you know pay their fees and then this guy he just commits fee fraud i mean he really is just misrepresenting the nature of his mission you know they're they're gonna drop him as a client (laughs) this has been lawyer up with paul (laughs) so what's crazy to me is that naruto has apparently never left the village this kid is a delinquent. Like, he mm-hmm. actively defaces the village. He just... It seems very strange to me that he's never gone outside of it before. He's also never had, like, a fucking dime. Like, I feel like the Hokage just occasionally, like, dumps some top ramen in his apartment. He's like, here, eat, kid. I'm gonna go jerk off. He watched The the Village, the M. Night Shyamalan movie, when he was really <laughs> little, and just knew that he shouldn't leave villages because of that. Yeah. So they leave the village. Um, <laughs> they leave the village and they're attacked almost immediately, which is not shocking. Seemingly like 10 feet outside of the village, which really raises the question of this village's security. Right? It's the hidden leaf mm-hmm. village, but they have these giant gates, which by the way, say leaf Again, on them. Again, very poorly <laughs> hidden. They have ninja Mount Rushmore in the middle of the village. They go right outside the gates. They start having a very loud argument with the guy that they're supposed to be a bodyguard for. Mm-hmm. And unsurprisingly, immediately, their enemies find them. And don't, mm-hmm. we, don't we meet like the secret ninja task force security, even like Anbu or whatever later, who's like the security for the village? They really do a really shit job here because these assassins to one of their clients appear... 10 to 15 feet outside of the village walls, just immediately. Yeah, I think they want Anbu to be like the ninja FBI, but Anbu's like ninja FEMA. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Deep cut. <laughs> that was good, I liked that. I like that these ninjas came out of a puddle when they attacked. And I also really like, so these ninjas attack, and they erupt out of this puddle, because they're water ninjas, and they attack by one of them throwing the other ninja at Kakashi. Yep. That was his, his starting strike. Um, there's this big crazy chain that comes out, and oh my god, they wrap up Kakashi, and they tear him to pieces. Oh no, just like the fucking last episode where we saw Kakashi die, but he wasn't dead. It's definitely oh, gonna be permanent. This death was so brutal. It was and pretty brutal. Gory. It was pretty cool. In my notes, I just have, oh shit. Yeah. Right? I was really into it, actually. I want more gore. You want more oh, gore? Oh, yeah, no. This, is, this would be great if there's more blood. Naruto uh, the Gorno. The, uh, the this... hills have Naruto. <laughs> yeah, this is it's like an 80s violent slasher. Uh, Saruto. Saruto, yeah. That's exactly what I want. That would be that'd be pretty sweet. Uh, do these ninjas appear to be from the, the hidden village of gas masks? Yes. <laughs> the hidden village of respirators. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, and they all, there's a line of dialogue in this where they, they say that each of the countries has tens of thousands of ninjas, which is not track with what we have seen so far. 
in terms of the uh, ninja infrastructure, but we can we can get more to that. Maybe uh, there's later. just a lot of shitty ninjas who just like go clock in, mm-hmm. you know, throw some kunai, clock out. Sure, the wage ninjas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we we only follow the salary ninjas. Yeah. So this is I one thing I, I guess we could talk more about this when we get to stuff we like, but this this episode really kind of opens up the ninja world, which I find fun. Elliot, you know how much I fucking love fictional geography. I do. So I was like way into like this all this map shit, and there's like there are the five powerful countries, and then all these little tiny little countries that apparently just use the five ninja countries for protection or finding their cats or whatnot. I like that they talk about how ninjas are kind of like the military for these five great nations and they fucking use their military to find cats and dig potatoes. Mm-hmm. What is wrong with you? Why? What is this allocation of funds? I'm not going to say that that's not the way that things still are. Mm. Misuse of military that... strength is oh, not well. uncommon in history. Fair enough. If I, so next time my cat gets out, uh, instead of me just going and getting my cat... Call the National Guard. I should call the National Guard. Yeah. I, I thought about it. call the National Guard for Lily. I would call the National Guard just for the thought of Lily escaping. I love her so much. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so they get in this fight with ninjas and Kakashi appears to be dead and then it looks like they're going to get Naruto and he's saved, of course, by his boy Sasuke. Sasuke doesn't hesitate, which is amazing. And he takes out their weapons with Shuriken very quickly and appears to come out on top for just a moment. But mm-hmm. thank goodness it doesn't really work out because if those missed ninja were actually that weak, it would really suck. <laughs> yeah, that would be pretty disappointing. Um, they're not. They're not very strong. But even so, like these are two ostensibly trained ninja, and fucking Sasuke just flings some shuriken and like tears their chain out of their arms. I think, and maybe I'm just salty about Star Wars things. I think Sasuke is a Mary Sue. Er, I said it. It's on record. Sasuke. He has no trainers. So Sasuke is definitely a little bit OP, but it comes out why that is. Sasuke has had a little bit of training outside of the academy, and we just can't talk about it yet. Hmm. The uh, the ninjas that attack them, we learned at the end of the episode, are called the Demon Brothers, and they are not aptly named. They are not very intimidating. Can we have a moment where we talk about how amazing Sakura is? Because she also doesn't hesitate. Well, she does for a second. (laughs) Never mind, Sakura hesitates, but then she dives right in front of Tazuna, a horrible drunk old man who might deserve to die, and she's just ready to protect him, even if it means her life. I did really appreciate that, that Sakura does anything, um, because yes. I'm pretty sure from my recollections, in the first, oh, 26 episodes of the series, this is the only thing that Sakura does, is jump in the way of this old man once in this one fight. Uh, and then Sasuke jumps in the way of her, and then Kakashi appears and saves them all because he knew all along. Blah! It was sticks. It was sticks that got torn limb from limb by chains. Well, it's just so funny to me because Kakashi comes out of nowhere and just grabs these men like they're bad puppies. Mm-hmm. And they appear to just droop in his arms. Yeah, he just holds them like big ninja dolls. He's just like carrying them around. And he doesn't visibly knock them out or anything. Mm-hmm. And they appear to just be like, well, we're caught. And I guess that's it. It's like cats when you grab them by that spot on the back of their neck and they just go limp. All mm-hmm. ninjas have that spot and Kakashi knows it. Yeah, that makes sense. A scruff. Mm-hmm. A scruff. All ninjas have a scruff. Uh, which is an app where you can meet other hairy ninjas to... Di- Ooh, wait, what? Never mind. 
uh, the uh, Naruto gets poisoned apparently, and then he does the, basically the first cool thing he's done other than the Shadow Clone in like the first episode in the series, where he just like stabs himself in the hand, and like that was like, whoa, that was pretty sweet. And Kakashi encourages him to do it. Yeah, you see him totally egging Naruto on, where he's like, well, if I call Naruto a burden, he will get so upset that he's going to make sure that this mission progresses because this is an opportunity for my students to excel. Slash everything I said about Kakashi trying to protect children from dying turns out to be false. Mm-hmm. Takashi knows what buttons to push. Uh, oh, we got an awesome yes, flashback here of Naruto fucking training every day to be a ninja. It'd like, would have been cool if we saw that earlier, right? Live, you know. But this, I mean, this totally goes into my theory that like Naruto works really, really hard. He just has ADD and hasn't been fed, mm-hmm. and has no, you know, has not been raised as a child should. You could never say that Naruto doesn't work hard. No, absolutely not. Um... And surprise, Naruto is actually Wolverine. Yeah, yes, yes. So Sakura is like, oh, Naruto, you shouldn't have stabbed yourself. Um, but it doesn't matter because his wound has been healed by the bad fox in his tummy. Mm-hmm. And that- it, then they, you know, they are worried briefly about, you know, he's going to bleed out after stabbing the back of his hand. Now, guys, I'm not a doctor. I feel like if you stab the back of your hand, you don't really need to worry about bleeding out. Even if you don't have a, you know, secret demon fox healing it. You know. He does kind of just, like, stab the kunai in and just, like, jerk it around. Like, I kind of wish like... it had gone out the other side. Yeah, like, cool. through and through. Mm-hmm. Like an exit wound. And then it would have healed around it because of the bad fox, and he would have had a cool knife hand. Oh, and man. And yeah. never have high-fived again. Yeah, that would have been great. Yeah, good. All right. Good stuff. Good time. Good time. Knife Ruta. This uh-huh. is my, yes. my AU. <laughs> um, so okay. then it turns out that a four-foot-tall mob boss is responsible for hiring the Mist Ninja... It's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. This little man and his sunglasses (laughs) and his suit. Uh, But we do get to see who I wrote down as Hot Cow Ninja Mm -hmm. for the first time, Zabuza. Mm -hmm. Yes. I love Zabuza. Who stole Cloud Strife's sword. Yes, he did. Um, And he assures this terrible little old man. There's a lot of terrible old men in this show. Maybe I just hate old men. Who knows how old he is? He's just, he's he's little. Yeah. He tells this terrible small man. Um, I will kill the ninja myself. And he's that this this guy is definitely coded as like a member of the yakuza or something. Absolutely, which is, which is just not ever really touched on again. If there's you know like non ninja, you know, criminal enterprises and mafia. I don't know. It's it's like kind of I'm an sure odd thing to introduce. Mm-hmm. It would it would track so well for this show. Mm-hmm. All right. So what's something we liked about this episode? Uh, well, can I start? I, as I mentioned earlier, love that we get a bunch of like crazy ninja geography lesson. Uh, we get to see this map and all these different countries, and that's you know we'll get more you know into the different countries and different you know themed ninjas and the sand ninjas and the mist. Well, we actually see the mist ninjas in this episode, but I always enjoy that part of the show. So my favorite moment is one that gets called out on the internet all the time. It has been a favorite moment of general Naruto fandom forever. And it's when Sasuke mocks Naruto. He turns and he gives him this little smirk Mm. that I swear I've seen screen capped in a million different places. Mm. And he says, hey, are you hurt, scaredy cat? Oh my god. The smug expression on his face is everything. And honestly, that's my gay gay of the ninja moment Mm -hmm. for this week. I just... They're so in love. Ugh. I liked a lot of I mean we've covered a lot of my favorite moments I love Kakashi with his ninja ragdolls a whole lot um, but <laughs> one thing that we haven't touched on is I liked learning about the, the leaders of the different ninja villages I'd kind of forgotten that they each have their own kage there's like the Hokage but there's also the Mizukage and the Kazekage and I have so much hope that one of them is not a useless perverted senile old man mm-hmm. 
And, and you would be correct, but yeah. we can't talk about that. <laughs> yes, I'm I mean, excited. We could. To... We, you know, there's, there's no rule book here. Yeah. Maybe we'll meet them later. There could be a badass lady in that mix. I don't know. There could be. I think you do know. I do know, Bob. <laughs> I know everything. All right, so I think that's going to do it for us. Um, if you enjoyed this episode, uh, please uh, follow us on Twitter. We are at Otaku the Town. Um, you can send us an email with any feedback, any questions, any comments. Uh, we'd love to address them on the show. Um, that's at otakuthetown at gmail.com. Um, please uh, like us, rate us, review us, subscribe to our podcast. Uh, if, if you listen to it, continue to listen to it. If you have a friend who might be into uh, the three of us talking about anime, like, please get them on. Whatever it is we're doing here. Yeah. At the very least, some nostalgia. Indeed. But thank you so much for listening. I've been Elliot. I've been Kayla. I am and will continue to be Paul. And, as always, don't finger anybody without consent. <laughs>